gold standard. Welcome to the Dr. Hedberg Show for cutting-edge practical health information. For the latest articles, videos, and podcasts, visit drhedberg.com. That's D-R-H-E-D-B-E-R-G.com. The information in this show is intended for educational purposes only. Always consult your healthcare professional before attempting anything recommended in this program. And now, here's Dr. Hedberg. Well, welcome everyone. This is Dr. Hedberg, and thanks for tuning in to the Dr. Hedberg Show. Today I'm going to be talking about meditation and talking about all the benefits. We'll talk about the different types of meditation, how I've used it for the last 12 years. I recommend it to most patients. And it's one of those things that's free, it's easy, you don't really need anything to do it, and it's always there with you. So it's a phenomenal tool for health and wellness and feeling better. I did write an article on this on my website, drhedberg.com. It's called Meditation for Anxiety and Depression, because meditation is very effective for those two conditions, but we'll talk about some more conditions as well. So I started meditating about 12 years ago. I moved to Asheville in 2003, and there are many, many meditation places in Asheville. Uh, A lot of those were available, and many of my friends that I was making were meditators. And so I thought there just really had to be something to it. And so I tried it. Now, the first type of meditation I tried was called the open heart meditation. And this was an interesting group. The meditation is focused initially mainly on the heart and opening the heart. Um, Some of the similarities with other meditations is the, obviously, the deep belly breathing, calming the mind and not thinking about anything and being aware of things, but the focus was on the heart. So this was really good for me. My sister, she died of a drug overdose in 2000. I was in the middle of getting my doctorate degree, and I got the call from my mom that that she had died from a drug overdose. And she was my best friend. Uh, it was really devastating to me at the time. I just kind of buried myself in studying and uh, never really dealt with it. Shortly thereafter she died, I started to develop some, for the first time in my life, some depression and anxiety, as well as some digestive issues and fatigue. So being the left brain person that I am, the science-minded guy, I thought that I could use reason and logic to to get through all that. I was young as well. I was in my my mid 20s. And so I changed my diet, uh started eating perfectly, got all the right exercise in, reading books that I liked, uh, got outdoors, all kinds of things like that, hanging out with the right people. None of that really worked though for any of those health issues. So as the years went by, I was getting a little frustrated and uh, 
wasn't really getting better despite all those efforts. So when I started the open heart meditation, and that would be 2005, I believe, so that was five years after, one of the things that you do in that meditation is you think about all the people that you've harmed and you ask them for forgiveness. And then you think about all the people who have harmed you and you ask um, and you forgive them um, in your own mind once you've opened up your heart during the meditation. This was really, had a really profound effect on me because I was thinking a lot about my sister and of course all you know sibling relationships there are ups and downs and so I went through all those times where I felt like I had hurt her and asked her for forgiveness and forgave myself uh, for all those things and then I forgave her of course for some of the things that she had said or, or had done to me and after it didn't take that long after about six weeks of going through all that. I noticed a really big difference in how I was feeling because uh, I had done everything else right, like I said, regarding my lifestyle, my diet, supplementation, exercise, socializing, all those kinds of things. Uh, but it was the meditation that really broke new ground for me and really helped me heal um, all that trauma that I went through with my sister's death. Now the issue with the open heart meditation, I found out that the founder, once you kind of get close to him, he pulls you aside and he tells you that his way is the only way. And so that was, I immediately obviously parted ways from that group and moved on to find a different type of meditation that didn't have a cult-like uh, following or a leader. And you will find that in certain meditation groups, certain circles. Uh, for example, transcendental meditation, it has all of the characteristics of a cult. That doesn't mean that you won't get benefits from transcendental meditation, but you learn, you pay a large fee to learn how to do it and you're given uh, uh, a mantra, and you have a, a teacher while you're going through it. Uh, but there are other aspects of transcendental meditation that really didn't work for me either. So I got into Vipassana meditation, which is actually has Buddhist roots. And the thing that I like about Vipassana, it's also known as mindfulness meditation, is that Vipassana can be taught in a secular way. So whether you're religious, a believer, or a non-believer, no matter what you believe, you can learn Vipassana in a secular way. So that was perfect for me. Uh, most of the, for example, the uh, UCLA, University of California, Los Angeles. They have a mindfulness uh, meditation research center. Let me see if I have that right. Oh, mindfulness Awareness Research Center. Uh, and they do study mindfulness meditation, which the, the term mindfulness and Vipassana are interchangeable. They're pretty much the exact same thing. 
And so that's the one that's being studied the most. And which brings me to all the studies that are out there on meditation. There are many of them. Um, The main things that these studies show uh, regarding the benefits of meditation are anxiety, depression, it's really good for pain, mental focus, cardiovascular health. It's been shown to improve empathy and concern towards others. It helps people with severe speech and physical impairments. And just an overall improved sense of well-being. And so that's what the science is showing at this point. Meditation, it's also been used in cancer care. So there's study, studies on that, helping people deal with the stress of having cancer. And the research on meditation is exploding. I remember when I first wrote an article on meditation in 2014, three years ago, there were just over 3,000 papers, scientific papers published on meditation. I just checked today, and now there are over 4,500 papers published on meditation. So this isn't a woo type thing, um, although it can be made out to be that way, depending on the teacher and the type of meditation that you're doing, but it's heavily supported through science. And when I talk about these different types of meditation, I'll talk about why, why you need to be careful with certain types of of teachers and groups. So one of the things that you'll find in in different types of meditation, and some of the main ones are, like I mentioned, transcendental meditation, um, Zen Buddhist meditation, also known as Zazen, Zazen, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, Uh, Qigong, Kundalini meditation, loving kindness. Um, There are many, many different types. I think there are over 20 now. And you want to be careful with any of these types where the teacher tells you that their way is the only way. That's the first thing that you want to look for and avoid. The other thing is that you'll find the use of certain terms like energy or becoming one with everyone or everything. Excuse me. Uh, that's that's fine if if someone wants to use those terms, but energy is a very specifically defined term in physics. But it's used very loosely in in some of these circles, some of the new age circles. It's used to describe people or places. Like some people will say, "Oh, well, she has such good energy," or "Oh, this place has really good energy." And then some people will say things like, I can feel energy moving through my body and things like that. And that's fine, you know, if you use those terms, if they make you feel good. But with the understanding that using the term energy like that is completely incompatible with science, it really has no meaning. I mean, we know scientifically why people feel that way. Uh, like the reason why you may feel like someone has good energy is because of the way they look, the way they smell, their facial expression, the clothes they're wearing, their posture, 
their hormone levels. Uh, people are emitting pheromones that you are breathing in and, uh, and of having effects on your brain and how you feel about that person, the person's body language. And same things with the places you go. It could depend on the smell, the way a room is laid out, how much light is in the room, and things like that. The, the, this feeling of um, when people say they have energy or they can feel energy moving through their body, that's a combination of the deep belly breathing that they're doing because they're now breathing in so much more oxygen than they were before, getting rid of carbon dioxide. And also, they, they're becoming more parasympathetic, which is your rest and digest part of the autonomic nervous system. And also, um, just the relaxation and calming the mind. It's a combination of things that are going on in the brain and the nervous system that, that really make people feel like that. So basically, what I'm saying is it's fine to use these terms. They're just... Um, there's a scientific explanation for these feelings about yourself and other people and places. So some of these different teachers and methods will kind of get into that kind of stuff as far as trying to bring in some quantum physics that they don't really understand and using that kind of hijacking it to say things that you know, we're all connected and we're connected to this or that. That's fine if if uh, if you believe that. It's just a misuse of quantum physics that uh, can be frustrating for a lot of scientists and true quantum physicists that are out there. You just don't hear them out there speaking about it because they're too busy doing important research. So my... Again, my personal favorite is Vipassana, the mindfulness meditation. And that's because there aren't any religious um, connotations. There's no mantras. It's really just about you and your breath and your surroundings. And I posted a couple of recordings on the article on my website on depression or uh, meditation for depression and anxiety. And these were recorded by Dr. Sam Harris. He's a neuroscientist and a philosopher. And he created two recordings that teach you how to meditate, to do the Vipassana mindfulness meditation. Highly recommend listening to them. The first is a nine-minute mindfulness meditation. And the second one is called Looking for the Self. And that's 26 minutes. And... These are very well done, and they will teach you how to meditate very quickly and very easily. Now, there are a lot of apps available. My two favorite are Calm, C-A-L-M, and Headspace. So Calm, there is a free version that has a few types of meditations that work well, and you can install those on your Android device, your iPhone, iPad, or you can pull it up in a browser like Chrome or Firefox. And then Headspace um, is another one I recommend at headspace.com. You can use the website or their app as well. I really recommend starting out just five minutes a day. Set the bar nice and low so that you set yourself up for success. 
That's what I did. Started out just five minutes a day. It doesn't really matter when you do it. I like to do it first thing in the morning or in the evening before bed. <clears throat> and you can slowly, as you get good at it, you feel more comfortable with it, you can work your way up to 10, 15, 20, 25 minutes. 20 to 25 minutes is all you really need for all the benefits uh, once you really get into it. You're still going to get benefits from just five minutes a day. Uh, but 20 to 25 is kind of the target. And again, anytime during the day, anywhere, a lot of teachers will tell you that it's best doing seated, uh, but there's no evidence behind that. I like to do it lying down as well as seated. Sometimes I'll do it lying down, sometimes seated. If you're seated, you do want to have some good posture. It doesn't matter how you sit. There's the so-called lotus position that's recommended in certain types of meditation. But you can just sit with your legs crossed or in the lotus or just with your feet on the floor. Don't worry about doing anything uh, exactly the way it's, it's supposed to be. Uh, you can just do it anywhere. You can even meditate while you're walking. Uh, you can do it while you're driving. And another form of meditation uh, that I like to do sometimes is called sky meditation. And I'll do this either during the day or I'll do it at night when the stars are out. One of the things I like to do is stargazing. And stargazing is a great stress reducer because you realize how vast the universe is and how small you really are and insignificant. So a lot of your stressors and worries uh, go away just being a, aware of that vastness of the universe and where we live. So you can just stare up at the stars and do deep breathing and that's meditating. Um, you can do it the sky meditation during the day. Obviously, you don't look at the sun, but just staring up into the clouds or the sky and doing the deep breathing. That can be another way of meditation. So those are some great, great resources. Um, these recordings I have on the website. I also have a link to an article that Dr. Harris wrote about meditation and how to do it. And I also put a link to UCLA's Mindfulness Awareness Research Center. And you can access that by clicking on the link on the website. They've actually recorded some free uh, mindfulness meditation recordings that you can download and listen to. So there's no shortage of, of resources. Learning it is very easy. You don't have to learn from a teacher. You can easily learn at home with an app or any of these recordings that are available. Uh, some people like to go and do meditations in groups. There are retreats, uh, meditation retreats that you can go to three days, five days, seven, ten days, even longer. And a lot of those are spent in silence, meditating most of the day or just out walking, that can be a great way to really learn it and get into it. So I've been meditating, like I said, 12 years, and I do it almost every day when I can, and it's 
definitely helped me a lot with my mood and my clarity. Um, you just feel like the research actually shows you just feel a an improved sense of well-being about everything. And so the guy that doesn't use his turn signal and cuts you off on the road, you know, that used to really bother me. Now it just really doesn't because it's not important to get upset about that. As well as all the other things out there that can potentially upset you. Meditation really helps you to allow those things to just roll off your shoulders and and not worry about it. And with so many of us revved up in our sympathetic dominant lives, so stressed out, um, our brains are overloaded from social media and the news and everything else. This can really help you become more parasympathetic dominant, which is your rest and digest uh, component of your autonomic nervous system. And that will help everything. It'll help digestion. It'll help your mood. It'll help your sleep. It'll just help you overall. So meditation, it's free. It's easy. You can take it anywhere with you. You always have it. All you need is yourself and your breath, and that's it. So check out all the recordings and resources I put on drhedberg.com. And that article, again, is called Meditation for Depression and Anxiety. All right, so this is Dr. Hedberg. Hope you enjoyed this episode with some great practical information you can use to start feeling better. Take care, and I will talk to you at the next recording. If you enjoy the Dr. Hedberg Show, you can support it by sharing each episode on your social media channels, like Facebook, and by leaving a review on iTunes. Please visit drhedberg.com. That's D-R-H-E-D-B-E-R-G.com to access the show notes and resources for today's episode.